0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous
1: partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joining us now is the great Alex Berenson. You could check out his Substack, Unreported Truth Substack. So, Alex, you got to wonder why all of a sudden is Fauci back on a media tour? Is there something coming? Usually this stuff isn't out of nowhere. Am I speculating too much? Is this. It, it seems completely out of left field. It could be, it could be
2: something as simple as a book deal. And he's, you know, that he's got, you know, a couple offers out there and he wants a couple million dollars extra. Um, you know, it made me sad to read the comments that were posted at the bottom of the New York Times interview with him. I mean, The interview itself was his usual, you know, nonsense and lies. But all these people on the left, they just they don't get it. They think, I mean... It, uh, they they still believe in him. They, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, we're three years into this. Basically, governments have given up on the vaccines. Companies have given up on the vaccines. Um, or, 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 I shouldn't say companies, but governments have certainly given up sure. on the vaccines. People have given up on the vaccines. But if you read the New York Times, you, these people, there's, you know, there's this hard group of 20 or 30 percent of the United States that believes that, you know, without Fauci, we all would be dead and without the vaccines, we all would be dead. I mean, he said so many crazy things in that interview. But the craziest thing he said was that he thought the vaccines had saved 5 million lives in the United States. Unbelievable. It's just, a, I mean,
1: it's just yeah. made up out of thin air. I mean, it's. Yeah. And so it might be, it might be a book deal or it could be that there's some sort of negative new, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but sometimes when you see these profile pieces, at least this was the case with Andy McCabe. And this was the piece with Peter, with Peter Strzok. They're trying to get ahead of something, but maybe I'm out. I'm out here. It could be just be pure narcissism, which is to be expected from him. So I want to play a couple pieces of tape here. Cause now he's back on a media tour out of nowhere. He's crawled out of his hole with Caitlin Collins this is an amazing one, Alex, because it involves you, right? And so, cut 49, Fauci says that America has a free spirit and they don't want to be told what to do, and we need to do a better job of convincing. They were never in the business of convincing, Alex. They never wanted to talk to us. They censored you. They censored me. They're not in the business of convincing. They used the hammer to shut us up. Play cut 49.
3: You know, I, wa- uh, Caitlin, I don't want to say a mistake, but I think we really need to remember... Next time we're we're confronted with this, that when you have a situation where there's doubt in the minds of some people about whether something works or not, we better try to reach out and be a better explainer of why we feel these things are important. Because whenever, particularly in our country, with our free spirit, which we all embrace, that people being told what to do very often has the
1: opposite effect. That's what I was referring to in that interview. I mean, Alex, we all
2: embrace the free spirit. Uh, I can't stand this guy. Okay, I mean, for, from look, the reason people stop taking the vaccines is because the vaccines fail, okay? I, this idea that there's this huge anti-vaccine hesitancy in the United States, it's a lie, okay? Look at the data about childhood vaccines in the United States in the last 10 years, okay? I mean, I'm talking pre-COVID. I'm talking pre-the mRNA debacle, okay? Mm-hmm. Most people got their kids vaccinated. Yeah, there were places and frankly those places were mostly on the left where uh you know people had questions about let's say the MMR vaccine. But for the most part people listened. Okay? The reason people didn't want to take these vaccines and and by the way, if you look at data on people over 65, there's very actually very little difference between the United States and Europe in people over 65 on the mRNA vaccines, the COVID vaccines even, I mean, okay? The difference is that Americans heard from me and heard from you and heard from Tucker and some younger people realized this is probably not in our interest. This yes. doesn't, you know, this this COVID is just not that dangerous for us. And frankly, I don't think I'm gonna be protected from it even with the vaccine. I don't think I'm gonna be protected from passing it to somebody else. These people, Coney Fauci in particular, but all of them, Instead of early on saying, you know what, we're going to target this at the people who might actually benefit from it, and we're going to let everybody else make their own decision about it, decided it became a fight. It became we're going to shove this down your throat. And one of the reasons they got to that place was because they had scared so many of those New York Times readers, those Those 40-year-olds living in Brooklyn who hadn't let their kids out of their apartments for a year, they had to have some solution. And this vaccine was going to be the magic solution. And the fact that people like me and you were raising questions about it, they couldn't have that. So that's what happened. But I will say one other thing. Okay, There are two arguments here. right? There's a philosophical argument. And even if the vaccine had been completely effective and had no side effects, it would have been wrong to force healthy adults to take that. OK, it's not right to make people to take away people's medical autonomy. That's a yes. core American, a core Western value. The fact that the vaccines don't work and may be dangerous are the icing on this, you know, guano well, and cake. It's just,
1: yeah, and it's so frustrating, Alex, because there's this whole component that is still ignored and was ignored, which is are, is there any treatment that might be able to reduce you know, the, the hostility of the virus against your body, is there any? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe ivermectin, maybe hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D levels. That's an interesting one, right? Maybe if you have a really low vitamin D level. And, and, so, Alex, it's, is that, that, that is still ignored in the telling of what? this history.
2: Well, it's funny. I mean, people get mad at me. Paxlovid actually does work. There's good clinical trial data on that. But, it, you know, you're right about the bigger question here, which is Tony Fauci in the 1980s wanted an HIV vaccine. And it was only actually when really the gay community, gay activists came to him and said, You're killing us. Find us some drugs that work. That's what. That's what made HIV treatable, okay? It wasn't Fauci. Fauci was lucky. People pushed him into doing the right thing. And, you know, 35 years later, he made exactly the same mistake. He wanted vaccines for, a, for a, in this case, for a respiratory virus that you basically can't really treat with vaccines or prevent with vaccines instead of good treatments. You are exactly right, Charlie. And, you know, the problem is the people who were telling him this we you know we weren't sympathetic to the media in the same way that you know gay activists were sympathetic to the media or the media was sympathetic to them in 1989 and so we got demonized for really trying to get him to look the right way
1: so and we we have here we're pulling the advertisement i personally get really triggered when i see these pax lovid ads not not because of the efficacy or not efficacy i'm not an expert on that but the fact that now we're allowed to talk about treatments like oh really after you've mandated the vaccine I mean, again, I know for certain that, hey, if we would have had a national thing say, hey, if you lose 10 pounds, you're going to have a better shot of surviving this virus. If you go for a walk outside, if you get some vitamin D exposure, get your vitamin D level above 50, right? Vitamin D is abundant, not just in the sky, but all throughout Walgreens and CVS. I mean, you you could supplement it. It's also really good for your bones. It's super cheap. I mean, and not to mention maybe baby aspirin can help, right? Alex, it's just we never were able to even have a conversation about it.
2: Well, I mean, the first thing uh, Tony Fauci pushed was remdesivir. Now, yep. remdesivir does not work. And it's savage it on your body, too.
1: Remdesivir and it's savage.
2: Yes. That's exactly correct. So, you know, why, why did the U.S. have worse outcomes than Europe? By the way, we didn't have much worse outcomes, but we did overall have worse outcomes than Europe. You're exactly correct. It's not because of vaccine differences. It's because we're an unhealthier population. Yes. Unfortunately, We're more obese. We don't exercise as much. We don't eat in the same, you know, they they, they eat more healthily in Europe. D- those are the things we should have been talking about. Instead, Tony Fauci and the public health establishment locked people, including kids, in their houses for a year, made them more depressed, made them fatter. Yeah, of course we had terrible outcomes from this.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, if we would, have, but it's politically incorrect, right? There's a couple of things, like, for example, I'll never forget when Fauci stopped short of, te- you know, not saying, okay, everyone needs to be locked down with a mask, but he didn't go after hookup culture, right? Remember, he was asked that about, because that that's a sacred cow. It's a piety you can't make fun of. The same thing with obesity. You cannot tell the American body politic you're 15, 20 pounds overweight, right? Can't do that.
2: Or, or 15 pounds overweight or 100 pounds. Oh, oh, of by course the way, you can't protest
1: of except if you're protesting 100%. Now, that, that, that we're hitting on something, though, right, which is it's a pandemic of hysteria unless there are some central pieties and some holy elements of your society that actually matter more than, quote-unquote, the pandemic, which is social activism – you know, obesity, which I think is an interesting one, because it, it was it was in front of us the whole time. Right. Instead of public health awareness of, you know what, let's all as a country try to get our BMI down 10 percent. Can we do that? Yeah. You know, could you imagine yeah. the backlash?
2: No, I, yes. Right. I mean, I mean it's the fat other way Shaming around, the whole country. Right? It, it,
1: You're fat shaming the right. country. Yeah. That's you know right. what? The country does need to be fat shamed.
2: Yeah. So instead there's a new, you know, there's a new drug, Ozempic. Now, look, I have not looked at all at the Ozempic clinical trial. Uh, clearly it works. It helps you re- in the sense that you do lose weight, but let's not be surprised if in 10 years there's some next side effects out of Ozempic that, you know, that nobody's even predicted because this is what happens when you rely on a medical cure for everything yep. instead of helping people or encouraging them to be healthy. I can't believe that this is a conservative position.
1: Well, it's not my position, but I agree with you. I, I, I have said for a while that the American right embraces obesity culture way too much. Alex, tell us about you going to rumble.
2: Telling people, telling people to be healthy. How did that become a conservative? How did telling people not to be fat become something that is know. a politicized point of view?
1: It's because we're, we're, we're as you well know, we are purchased and owned and operated by corporations that make a lot of money not just off of getting you fat keeping you fat and then selling you medication to subsidize you being fat and overweight when you get healthy when you're taking the right supplements you're happier less depressed you're less likely to be on benzos less likely to be on ssris it's not a total thing but if you if you get back your autonomy and and get back into a healthy lifestyle and you eat you eat kind of local and you're not getting processed foods and not gmo's all of your hormone markers go in the right direction and you become less profitable for these ridiculous pharmaceutical companies. Yeah,
2: you know, I just want to say, you know, I think you, the word you used was autonomy. You have more bodily autonomy and it gives you more political autonomy. Yes. And that's the connection. You are more independent in every way. And there are people who, who don't, I guess don't like that, or at least think that you should be more reliant on the government and less on yourself. That's the connection.
1: I I think there's a psychological fear people have, right? Because they want to be taken care of deep down. I think there is a yearning in the soul and the programming of who we are as human beings to be taken care of. And that scares them. They're like, are you sure you can't just provide me what I need? Alex, tell us about rumble. You're going to rumble. Tell us about your, your journey. No, no, no,
2: no, no, I'm not going to rumble. I I, I have an offer from rumble. Oh, Um, They want me, they really want me to go on locals. Uh, You know, look, I've, Face that's made for radio. I'm, I'll leave. I'll leave TV to you know pretty people like you. Oh yeah. Um, right. But uh, but no. Uh, so so rumble. And, and the reason this came out is because I wrote something about on my Substack yesterday. So I have the Substack, the Unreported Truth Substack, and I've got you know I've got a pretty decent sized audience. I got a quarter million people who subscribe. Most of those people don't pay. And as I always tell people, you know, you basically get the same product whether you pay or not, but but enough people pay that it's a good, you know, it's a good earning, you know, it's, it's my career at this point. And so Rumble came to me and said, hey, we'd like you basically to move your product over to Locals. I mean, it was really Locals, you know, Locals is a subscription arm of Rumble and, um, and you know, we'll make it worth your while and we'll offer you, you know, we'll offer your subscribers the same, basically the same product that they see on Substack. And I sort of felt, look, this is a big deal. Um, you know, Substack has become this sort of voice of free speech, and I know Rumble and Locals believe in free speech too. So I, so I actually thought to myself, look, the readers are the ones who pay my bills. The readers are the ones I'm writing for. Let me ask them what they think. Would they rather I stay on Substack in the ecosystem that you know has Matt Taibbi in it and has Barry Weiss in it, or do they not care? And maybe I should take this deal from Locals and and switch over. And somewhat to my surprise. Um, so I posted this last night. More than 10,000 people have voted in this poll and they pretty overwhelmingly want me to stay on Substack. Now that doesn't mean I have to listen to them, but it does mean I hear them. And, um, and it's been striking to me. It's uh, the the fight for free
1: speech continues. How is your lawsuit against Twitter? Is that still ongoing? Is this
2: Twitter? The Twitter lawsuit is settled. Berenson v. Biden is 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 ongoing. And um, so the 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 Pfizer um, executives, uh, they have a lawyer now. um, And uh, and Andy Slavitt, I believe, you know, assuming he is the same lawyer who responded to us last year, has a lawyer. These are very, very high paid, um, you know, civil defense lawyers. And the Department of Justice is going to get involved. So against this, I have my my genius lawyer in uh in North Carolina, James Lawrence. And um uh, you know, we have you know, some people kind of helping us quietly, advising us, and we're not gonna run out of money. We've I've raised some money for the suit, so so we're in a strong position on that, and we'll just go. I mean, I think we have a really good case. I think people some people who've read the case who I think didn't know exactly how we were gonna frame it. I've been surprised by the strength of it. But, uh, you know, we'll take our chances.
1: Very good. So, Alex, I want to play another piece of tape here of Anthony Fauci talking about masks. And, again, this is – never is he pressed about the social cost of masks. Look, I – I, my whole stance on masks the entire time where they probably don't work, but it's bad for conversation. It makes a nastier society. It's bad for kids' language development. That's always been my take on masks, is that the cost socially is way greater than any benefit. And probably there is no benefit because no one wears them correctly. Play cut 48. If you read very carefully what I said, if you look at the broad public health effect, when you have
3: masks that are so-called mandated are supposed to be worn Because so many people don't wear them, even though they're in an arena in which masks are supposed to be worn or they don't wear them properly from a public health standpoint on the cohort of people. The effect can be only marginal. And as we mentioned, it was 10, 13 percent or so. But for the individual who religiously wears a properly fitted mask, the effect is much, much, much better
1: than that. It's 85, 90 percent or more. So Alex, and and then we're supposed to act as if when we went through airports with, you know, these—I mean, these pieces of cloth—that they were going to do something.
2: I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't stand this. Okay, he's he. First of all, he's he's not telling the truth. Okay, he's talking about N95 masks. Okay, that would cost about two billion dollars a day, every day, to have Americans. "Quote unquote," properly wear N95 masks, which most people can't tolerate for long periods of time, anyway. And you know, there are several bucks, and you'd have to swap them out. So, so from a realistic point of view, it's a joke. Okay. So what he's really saying is, we told you to wear masks, but the way we actually told you to wear them, they're useless. And 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 I, he's admitting that. So all it's all downside. It's everything you said. About masks not being effective and being sort of you know damaging social yeah, and, the and, way, and, and that's the, the point. Last- yes, exactly. Yeah. So 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 so, and by the way, he's even wrong about the eighty-five or ninety percent. When you actually look at the benefits of N95s against respiratory virus. It's minor when you can find it at all. So he's just not telling the truth. And you know he's done this thing now repeatedly in you know in a couple dimensions: school closures, masks, lockdowns. Where he said, "Well, it wasn't me. I didn't really tell anybody to do anything. I'm not the president. I'm just Tony Fauci. I just gave advice." We we have a quick that's
1: that's such nonsense. We have a quick tape. Go to sixty-one. Look at his lies.
3: I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again.
1: Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all,
3: I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're you're asking me questions. You're talking about it was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. That's
1: right. Alex. I mean, there's That's one. Right. He, was, after he was the, the other mo- after, he, the, he, other, he, after he, the other. He, <laughs>
2: He was the most powerful person in this country in 2020. He loved it. He loved the hero, you know, the hero worship. He, he loved throwing out that ball at the, you know, at National Stadium in 2020. And for him to walk away now and pretend that we didn't do all this stuff, basically yep. because he did it. He knew, he knew that if he resigned, Donald Trump would be impeached, okay? He had that power and he used it. Got to go. Alex, check out his sub
1: stack, Unreported Truths. Thanks so much, Alex. Charlie, right, thanks for having me.